You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 372 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo, and I'm here with Gina Militia, who has a bit of a croaky voice this week. How oh, are you, Gina? I'm a bit croaky this week, Val. I've overdone Why it is on that? the voice. I've just overdone <laughs> it on everything this week, you know, leading it up to It is that Christmas. time of year. It is. Yes. But, um, so I'm going to leave you to do the interview, inter- um, introductions <laughs> and everything. But great interview with um, Kerry Setch, who's a friend of the show, long-time listener, about stepping out of your comfort zone. I won't grate your ears any longer. You just rest your voice, Gina. That's okay. So Gina, I think, had a big night or two, and it is kind of that time of year, isn't it? In the lead-up to the holidays, it gets really busy. I know that my diary is insane at the moment, and I'm looking at a week full of festivities, um, Christmas parties, uh, birthday parties, street parties I'm having (laughs) so it's going to be a big one um, and I'm going to need to temper my consumption of all things merry don't go to bars and try and yell over the music foul it wrecks your voice it really okay we won't do that I won't do that Um, and I suggest that you Stop doing that too. All right. So uh, before we get on to this week's episode, which is about stepping out of your photography comfort zone and thriving with our guest, Kerry Setch, I just want to give a big shout out to everyone in the gold community. It was great to be chatting over Facebook Messenger with Catherine last night because we were talking about... um, some places that you can get great mock-ups for wall art where you can display your photography on walls and um, which might be appropriate if you want to show what your photography looks like in situ when it's blown up whether you do landscapes or family photos or whatever so rather than actually blowing it up and actually putting it all and actually taking a photo of it, there are some great mock-ups out there. Now, I get a lot of mine from Creative Market um, and uh, they're, they're people who have already created the Photoshop files. So all you do is drop in your image. You can, you know, um, do the shadows and stuff in whichever way you like. There's also different choices of frames for the wall out and stuff like that. So that is one place that you can find them. Uh, and it's, um, uh, it's great to see Catherine and so many of the people in the gold community, so many of the members in the gold community go from strength to strength. If you're wondering what I'm talking about in terms of the gold community, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the gold community. 
If you want to take your photography to the next level, I'd like to invite you to join my Gold community. I love mentoring members and many achieve so much more than they think is possible. Here's what Frank Romano had to say. Your Gold community is top of the class. It's world-class learning and you're so generous and you're brilliant at the way that you explain things so if you want to be a great golfer you've got to go and, you've got to go and pay for golf lessons if you want to be a great musician you've got to go and pay for music lessons if you want to be a great photographer well there's a price to pay and uh, and it's not a lot compared to what you're going to get back i've already <laughs> i've already re recouped the money that I've invested in learning, I've got that back at least 10 times over by now. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. Yeah, yeah, that's just great. On, just on the work that I've done. I mean, you know, people are engaging me and, and paying me thousands of dollars to, to you know, yeah. to, and, and shoot stuff. That never would have happened if I didn't invest my money in things such as the Gold membership. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, head to ginamilitia.com and click on Memberships. All right, on to this week's episode, which is all about how to step out of your photography comfort zone and thrive. Now, we're chatting to Brisbane portrait photographer, Kerry Setch. And she is, oh, you know, she used to find the idea of approaching strangers for photos pretty daunting. I find, I still find it daunting. Gina is great at it. And Gina has some really fantastic techniques and, and ways to go up to complete strangers. I've watched her in action. It's not something that I do very easily, but Gina's done it for so long that she is a master at it. Uh, but in this episode, Gina and Kerry discuss how Kerry overcame this fear and stepped out of her comfort zone and thrived. So Kerry talks about the importance of living in the moment and the lessons that dragonflies can teach us. I love dragonflies. Uh, why you need to invest the extra time and effort in the one percenters and how clients react, but also how Kerry used photography as therapy to overcome chronic fatigue. The moment Kerry made the leap from having a corporate sponsor to a full-time photographer, for those of you who are not sure what a corporate sponsor is, it's, you know, your day job where a corporation pays you <laughs> and they're your corporate sponsor, but she's made the leap from that to full-time photography, how she transitioned from daylight to flash and how Stepping out of her comfort zone changed her photography journey. But also, Kerry's an introvert, so she talks about how to work with strangers even if you're an introvert. And also, Gina and Kerry discuss heaps more. So Kerry is a fabulous photographer who specialises in oh, headshots, business, travel, lifestyle. She's based in Brisbane and she's really passionate about photography. She photographs individuals, small businesses, NFPs, you know, not-for-profit organizations um, and NGOs, non-government organizations. And um, she also specializes in senior citizens and aging parents. Now, this is um, uh, a, an awesome chat with Gina and Kerry and hope you enjoy it. Kerry Set, welcome to the show. How are you? Or how are you going? I can say that. I've got another Aussie online. Really good, thanks. Or should I say, mate? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do a real okay intro. 
G'day, mate. How you going? Oh, pretty good, you know, mate. <laughs> How you been? <laughs> been great. Kerry, before we start, one thing I always ask my guests is where in the world are you? I'm uh, in Brisbane in the today not-so-sunshine state, so right. in Queensland. So Queensland, Brisbane, um, when I, whenever I've been there, I've always felt like it is the kind of city that you would get if Melbourne and Sydney got married and had a baby. Am I close? Uh, in some ways, we're... we're um, it's more relaxed yeah. than um, the southern states and gra- gradually the culture of the place is growing. So, yeah, the, it's starting to get a bit of a good blend. But in terms um, of the look, it's kind of, kind of got, you've got the beach but you've also got like a bit of the, um, sorry, Sydney listeners, the culture of Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> well, I identify, sorry, and I'll say, I identify with that more too. But. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, it is. It's good. It's located well because within an hour you can be on the Gold Coast, yeah. Sunshine Coast, mountains, uh, two hours, and you can be out in rural farmland. So yeah, you know, fantastic. Um, it, it, it is. It, it is a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Now, Kerry, when did you find out about the podcast? It's like, have you been a listener from the early days? I've been listening to it. I think. The number 56 rings a bell from yeah, when right. I started. So you just stumbled on? Yeah. At the time I was looking for some uh, information on how to take photos of a group with some lights um, for the when I was at a corporate sponsor and I had no idea what I was doing. So um, just trawling the web, your books would appear and then somehow I ended up on the podcast and – um, it just grew from there and mushroomed, really. So fantastic! And how would you describe your photography? Yeah, I I think it's a headshot trying to head a bit into personal branding, lifestyle, more casual and relaxed type. Yeah, it, feel. Is, it is. It does have a very casual and relaxed feel, which is what I love about your work, and also. Um, you really go there with those extra one percenters in terms of like you know like Janine Meyer who we talked about who who, who I interviewed a um, uh, several uh, episodes ago. Uh, it's it's all those one percenters that you were really big on, and I know that you're very much into the technical side of photography and adding that little dip of light um, for you taking those production levels to the next you know. To, next level what does that do for your photography and how you feel about your photography I think Gina it just um it makes me feel so much better for a start (laughs) and then I feel like I'm actually okay at it but it it helps to separate me out from the from uh, other people yeah uh, with what they're doing and um I guess I if I'm going to do something, I want to do it good and yes. I want to do it proper. And and by knowing all those extra little clues, it just helps to improve the overall feel, which then, you know, for, for whoever I'm shooting for, gives them a lot more satisfaction and and keeps the uh, their impression of who they are at a higher level as well. So, you know, I can only support... If it's someone coming to get a headshot, then um, if they look really professional and engaging and all those sorts of things, then that's going to help them when they're 
uh, pushing themselves forward and help elevate their business or whatever it is that they're looking for with the photos. And the clients tend to feel really special when you bust out all that extra equipment and go to the extra trouble. That first of all, they're shocked, aren't they? That it's like, what are you doing? Why are you? Yeah. What's all this? Is this yeah. for me? For me? But I'm yeah. just a. I'm just a. And it's like I think they feel seen, and uh, they always walk away feeling special that you just spent all this time really getting into their head and trying to connect with them. I want to go into that a little bit more. But first, I kind of want to get your um, your origin story, Kerry. What what got you interested in photography? Uh, I've had an interest. I'm one of those most of my life type stories where even as a kid, I I was just interested in taking photos and. Uh, if I went on a trip, say a school trip or a community trip that I was a part of, I wanted to be able to take photos and bring it back to show those, like say my, say my parents because they weren't, didn't come on the trip, to give them a look at, oh, look what I saw, look what I experienced, right. but here, this is what it looks like. So I've always had that element of wanting to relay the story. Yeah. And it's been kind of stop and start all through my life. Early 20s, um, a friend and I, we did a fair bit of it, got got a, a Pentax SLR and uh-huh. um, it just brought me some fulfilment and a sense of creative expression, you know, um, yeah. and to doing it, telling stories. And I just um, – and it went from there and then I um, – I had a period where I burnt out, had chronic fatigue, couldn't do anything for three years, and um, I then used it as a form of almost like therapy. And um, I would get out and go to the beach and just take a camera and just photograph waves and the motion of waves, and I would sit there and I would just watch them and start to anticipate the movement. Wow. Um, And it just... It just would help restore energy that I needed at that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the the desire and the passion just started growing even more. And um, I did a diploma course on multimedia, and within that you could do an additional six-week photography course um, if you wanted to use images on websites or something like that. Right. And um it's sort of like the interest had died beforehand and then I did this course and then one night I stayed back. I was in the city. I was at Kangaroo Point where it's opposite the city and there's all the beautiful lights on the river because the river runs through the city. Yeah. And um, so you get all the lights and it was just lovely. And I started to cry, which I'm not a big crier. Right. And um, it just did something. It was like, damn, I really miss doing this this means this means something more so um then I came home and told my husband and cried again and um (laughs) and then um that Christmas he bought me a digital so and and so I've just continued to go from there and it's grown um because I got into landscape photography initially and and I'd go on trips, so I went to New Zealand and would do a bit of a workshop there and come back and learn more and then I went to Bali and learnt more about that and um, just 
it just kept growing in that appetite and that insatiable uh, need to be doing it just kept growing and growing. And then at the last corporate sponsor I had, uh, the opportunity came to start to take um, photos of the staff and they were wanting to update their um, all their all their um, all their marketing and stuff because I was working in the communications section, right. and um, so like I had to go out to ah um, oh, heaps of places and they'd given me a very strict guideline of fifty mil lens, no flash. You can use a reflector because they wanted them to all be uniform. Yeah, sort fair of, enough. Have a uniform look. So so I had parameters and loved it and loved it and they really liked the photos and it kept growing and then eventually I just went I love this more than doing admin work so um and it flipped and then I only had admin work to do so I I sort of got myself in a bit of a pickle and I just went no can't do this anymore I'm leaving (laughs) and um then I've just continued to pursue it and try and grow grow in all my abilities and what I can do from there. So you left your corporate sponsor to become a full-time photographer. Yeah. When was that? Uh, About five years ago. Yeah. Right. Interesting. So So you're at that five-year mark where it's all starting to take off for you now. Yeah, I'm hoping so. so. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Well, certainly the um, the styles all coming together and the the work has come together. So that's uh, that that's uh, amazing, amazing that you yeah you did all of that and just noticing that day that you just said, I realised how much photography meant to me that day yeah. when you were looking out over what the coolest sounding name for a city, Kangaroo Point, was it? Yeah, yeah, you so. know. Yeah, it was just, and it was so unexpected, you know. Um, but you would cry. It's like it hmm. meant that much to you. That is yeah. so beautiful. So that moment that it clicked for you when you were working for the corporate sponsor and doing the headshots, was there a kind of part of you that was saying, I think I can do better than 50 mil lens? And when yeah. was the quest for you to like, how can I do all of this better? How, how, what was that about like learning how to do it? portraits and taking them to the next level? Um, yeah, it was just, I just knew then and I I had bought a couple of lights, I think, but I didn't know what to do with them. So, you know, when you Google stuff and you got yeah. no idea really what you're doing and um, I had to take a photo of the board of the organisation and there was like about nine people and, I'm trying to do all these things and they just, I look at them now and I go, oh, they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time I thought they were okay, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, became, it became a quest of just trying to learn and understand. If I can understand, if I get stuff in my head and I feel like I can understand it, then I can experiment and then I'll feel confident with what I'm doing um, in the process of right. that. Yeah. Um, and so it just became that thing, and that's when I started to find your books, your right. um, your books, which were helpful uh, in that process. So, and then I just had, um, you know, you get friends going, "Oh, would you take this for me?" And yeah. would you do this? And so there seemed interest, and I just went, 
I'm not happy with the job that I have. It's not really um, helping me. So, you know, fortunate enough to be uh, supported and able to do that. And, yeah. Um, um, yeah, and so from then it's just been just continue to to uh, look stuff up, read it, practice it, do it, yeah. um, you know, quite intense in that way. So, yeah, to the point where the family glaze over when you want to use them as a model. Yes. I've gotten to know your entire family yeah. um, as I do. So you're you're also a um, an original gold member. You've from from you've been with us for about uh, five coming up to five years now. So yeah. Um, but also, I got to meet you in person. We went to Sicily together a couple of years ago, and there was a big transition then because um, I remember you being very nervous about. Because I really pushed you out of your comfort zone, didn't I? Yes. So there's no, there's no other uh, answer for that, but yes, you did. You were very because um, I, I tried to I try and spend a lot of one on one time with everyone on my tours, and um, I sort of uh, gravitated towards you because you're a bit of a shy introvert as am I, and I think we were in a room full of extroverts. <laughs> and so we had a lot of one-on-one conversations during that time and I remember you talking about how you were really worried about um, facing strangers and um, taking their photo and what would they think and what would they do. And um, I told you a story about a dragonfly <laughs> and I basically said, you know, it's like we all spend our time worrying about what other people think, but, you know, the, the poor little dragonfly and he has this very short time frame to live and they don't go around worrying about what, what, what everyone's thinking. They, they're too busy worrying about living in the moment in that because in this moment everything is perfect and we've got to stop worrying about what's going on, what's going to happen tomorrow or what's happening yesterday and make the most of this moment. And it seemed to really resonate with you so much so that you ended up getting a tattoo of that on your on your wrist, didn't you? We all went and got tattoos at the end of that um, yeah. trip. I got I got one on my wrist. You got one. Um, I think Pauline Clem got one and now she's got another twenty or something. <laughs> but everyone it was such a it was such a fun day. Tell me about that moment and that how much that um, uh, that moment meant to you and how that that worked across the uh, the entire workshop, like getting that that self confidence and how it sort of it sort of didn't stop from the workshop. It continued on after you went home and you've been on this massive um, inner journey and I think it's had a huge impact on how you do your work now. Oh, I, yeah, that's right, Gina. Like I, I just came back a different person. Well, actually, I changed over there, I think. It was, yes. You know, it was, um, you know, trying to do that from the beginning. But, um, uh, I, I mean, prior to that, I think I told you the story. It was another almost, it was another crying story, really. So it sounds like I am a crier. But yeah. um, it was like I had seen you advertise the Sicily trip and I had seen it was it three years you'd done one three years prior yeah, yeah, yeah. yep and I had so wanted to go on it then and I just ummed and ahed and mucked around and you know did all all the avoidance things that you could do and 
and then I really regretted not having gone. Yeah. Um, and then when you saw people and you saw the shift in the in the standard of their work and um, what they were producing after that, it was just like it was a bit hard not to be a little bit envious and a little bit you should have gone. You you know you're crazy. Yeah. So so when it came up, I was just like, oh, and my stomach started churning, and I'm just like, oh, I think I've got to go on this, <laughs> you know. Um, and I just couldn't leave it. And every time I thought of not going, I would get upset. Um, it was just bizarre. It was, and I'm just like, I don't fully understand why. I don't get it. Um, and then I talked to my husband about it, and we. And as I'm talking to him, I cried again and I'm just like, oh. and it's this, like it's just this deep thing that comes out of nowhere at the most unexpected times and it, it throws me. But it also is just an expression of, of um, I guess, what it means to me. And um, so we worked our way around it and I sold off gear and I, you know, I did things and had a few little gigs come in and, and made it all possible Um to do it so so there was that investment that I went oh okay I'll make the most of it but yeah when I got there I was scared like I was like you'll see that I can't take photos these people are going to be better than me but it was such a unique experience and everybody there you were just there for each other as well as yourself yeah it was just yeah it was it was um it was just an amazing group and I think uh the couple of times where you did talk to me with strong words and passion, um, it just sunk in and it, it sort of wasn't a slap around the face, but it was a bit of a shake up to, you know, wake up to myself. And if you really love doing this and you need to do more and you need to get over yourself and, and move on. So, um, and I so did keep repeating that fact that it's like you're going to die one day and you're going to yeah, regret everything that you didn't do, not the things you did. So get over it. And it's like I could start a coaching um, business called the Direct Life Coach or the Slap <laughs> to the Face. Yeah. But I wouldn't get many clients with that sort of um, title, would I? Because I think a lot of people mm. like to be gently massaged. Yeah. I don't think the recommendations would always be good. But, no. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but um. So, yeah, so in that sense it was just like, well, I've got a golden opportunity. I'm going to make the most of it and um, just get out and do it and and overcome the hurdles of me. And, you know, um, because I was that shy person, it was much easier to take a photo of a stranger from behind and and just say that, you know what, I just observe life and I observe what goes on and that's, that's what I do with my images. But once you actually start, connecting with people they just um they're richer you know um the stories and the photos the photos of the people become uh much more uh, richer i don't know what the proper grammar yeah, is no no but, i think you're saying it the right the right way exactly. you know so, yeah so it was like that and i remember we went to oh i think it was cosimo that little village on an on an impulse we went into yes. after we'd been in the poppy fields yeah and um up the top when you, you got up because you're intimating that I make shit up as I go along on these tours, but it's <laughs> no, not no, true. No, 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 it was no. very, it's very, it's very organised. Occasionally, I just go to calm. Can we stop here? And she, everyone freaks out. It's like, 
we plan this. I'm like, yeah. well, let's just no, see no, what's it, there. You never know. We were lucky, an, though. It was an act on intuition and yeah. it worked really well. Yeah. Um, but sort of when I got up to the top, there was like I'd taken one photo and then there was a man in a wheelchair with oxygen tank on him and he could see me coming and he just stood there or sat there smiling at me going, is it my turn? Oh. <laughs> I get my photo taken? And then at the next block was another man. They all just kept coming out and sort of appearing and, and even though language was the barrier, it wasn't a barrier because um, I'd just come up and they'd just stand there and do it for me and that really helped me um, overcome myself really. So tell me, was it that that particular, that was just after we had the talk or I gave you the slap around, right? <laughs> Not literally, but like I yeah. had the talk and I said, you're going to regret all the stuff you didn't do. So let's, let's live in the moment, yeah. be the dragonfly. Yeah. Was that village like the next day? Because I think that was a groundbreaking day for everyone on the tour because I just yeah. threw you in there and I said, I'm not coming with you. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to introduce you to people. I'm not. You're going to have to do it yourself. Yeah. And I'd said, and you're not working as a group. I said, you're working pairs. Yeah. And I said, but you both have to come back with photos and don't rely on the extrovert to get them for you. How did that feel and what did it do to all that fear in your head? Like what was what was the thinking as you were approaching? Were you thinking, I'm going to be sucked in, the world's going to, you know, I'm just going to die alone in a ditch if I do this. Or it's like, you know, what what was the thinking? Because uh, I know how I think in those situations and it can get pretty dark. So how did yeah. you, what, what, I mean, what did you say to yourself to get through that? Um, just suck it up and go and do it would be one of them. But yeah. it was just like... Um, the the negative side of it is, oh, what if they, A, what if they don't let me? What yeah. if they don't understand me? What if, because I am a nice person. Yeah, so but they but should, also, they should yeah, take, you're dealing you know? with people that don't even speak the language. So you're in a strange place and you're approaching strangers and all you have is a smile and a camera and a, can I take your phone, and a gesture that they're never going to understand. But you guys all did it and you did it so well. I was so proud of you that yeah. day. Yes, yeah. No, it, I I just, I don't know, I just had to do it. I mean, I reckon the word had spread around that um, town anyway. It's not like, as we're here. <laughs> I reckon it was around. But it was really interesting because I approached a few women and they just didn't want to be photographed no. at all sort of thing, not interested, whereas yeah. the men, they sort of came out. And yeah. I think I ended up with a priest and a couple of other people there as well. And how many proposals did you get? No, none. Oh, right. No, none. But that's okay. <laughs> You probably but I did, but you if, just didn't understand. You're probably going, see, see, and they're like, give you a goat. And yes. How about a cow as well and um, some ricotta for your hand? You probably just yeah. didn't understand. No, exactly. But it was just, oh, I don't know. I just knew that I, I had to be that appear friendly because that would disarm them a bit and at least I'd get one step further in connecting with them so you know um whereas if I I walked up to them and I was unsure then they'd probably wonder who I was and what I was doing more so So you had a crutch and you had your your team partner on that day to work with after Mm -hmm. that you actually just kept going Kerry didn't you like you just said all right the 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 floodgates are open let's do this and then I think 
just lost all fear and then off you went and it just like yeah. like your lifestyle and travel photography is absolutely beautiful but you made sure that after leaving that tour that you kept that going so that you wouldn't lose was it the courage or yeah what shifted i think it's the courage so and it is it's just like a release like you know it it is like you just said the floodgates open it's like well this isn't so bad and oh it's okay to talk to people and so it's just overcoming how many people said no because i think i came back with my tail which i said i got knocked back yeah yeah (laughs) so it's usually me that gets knocked back and not you guys yeah i think i had two yeah maybe two and 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 so two out of how many oh Mm, more than two. <laughs> yeah, no, there was um, do- dozens and dozens oh, of people that yeah, you approached yeah, that day, but over the tour, how many people did we approach? Oh, it would have been between all of us. Yeah. Oh, it would have been over 100, you reckon? Yeah, exactly. So we got knocked back like five times Yeah. as a collective group. And out of all those knockbacks, did anyone threaten to kill us? No, they did just Did anyone ran threaten our families? Not that I know of. So it was a no. It was a no, and they just walked off. And usually with a smile, no, thank you. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. It, when you get when when I've got to that other side, it's like, well, what are you so worried about? Exactly. You know. Um, and it's like that quote, you know, where um, you're more worried about what other people are thinking. So as you progress through your ages, you know, by the yeah, time you posted you that. Get to, yeah, it's that one, you know. By the time you get to a certain age, you're just like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm doing it anyway. So I felt like a different person. I felt, you know, five foot taller and bigger and stronger and I, I walked taller and prouder kind of thing. But then I made sure that I connected with uh, people close to me um, to tell them of my experience, partly as an accountability thing but also partly for them to share in uh, what I had experienced and how I wanted that change to continue. So um, that was one of the first things I did because if I came home and for a month didn't see people and didn't tell them about it, that newness and that buzz of when you come back from something where it's been a life-altering experience it can fade really quickly because life can take over because you're back in your normal circumstances. Yeah, right. So, so that was one of the things. And then I just um, I just then continued to, well, continued to um, shoot and uh, look for opportunities and if people ask me to do something that I wasn't familiar with, I'd do it. So um, it's a say-yes mentality? Yep. Yeah, I read some books, listened to lots of audio about um, gaining confidence, overcoming doubt, breaking through fears, all that sort all the of hard thing. stuff. Yeah, I was doing, and I did that for a long time because um, until we're, I, I just think that until we're ready for some of those changes, sometimes you can't take it all on in one go. Yeah, and so. So it's an incremental thing and you build from one thing to the next. And so uh, it was like, well, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. Um, so I'll go and look and learn about this. And, and you know, some of it was helpful, some of it wasn't. 
Um, and I had friends and family encouraging me along the way, and that made a difference. And they would comment. I have one in particular. She would comment and go, you're just so different now. Yeah. Like, I go, really? You know, or oh, your work is so different. They were seeing the difference. Like yeah. people close to me could see that. So oh. I think that was one of the things is I would just put others first. And um, it's been a time for me to reclaim it. And I guess when I have a dragonfly tattooed on my wrist, I'm – constantly reminded of it to live in the moment and it's yeah. like and it's that reminder of we're all going to die one day yeah you know yeah. and we that's how we need to live because if we don't think about that then we're not going to take those risks and it's like you know i think one of the great books to read and it, and it just sounds so morbid but it's like you know the, the regrets of the dying because it's like no one ever says at the end of their life oh geez I wish I had to work longer in that office job that I hated. Yeah. Or, you know, I wish I spent more time, you know, in a, in a, in a cubicle. Or I wish, you know, uh, I'm so glad I never went on this trip, this trip, this trip, or spent more time with my kids or spent time doing creative pursuits. It doesn't matter. You never regret the things that you attempted. You no. only have the, like, lie there regretting the things that, I, I wish I had done more of this or more of that. So, you know, having that having that dragonfly on your wrist, every time you say, oh, I shouldn't do this, it's like that zzz, it's buzzing, yeah. <laughs> you must do this. So um, yes. for those of you in the gold community and you're wondering why Kerry gets a, a dragonfly um, <laughs> gift sometimes when she answers a question, that's just me reminding her of um, what's important in life. Yeah. For sure, and it and it it's just usually at the right time that I need it and stuff like that. So, um, and I always remember I it's it's uh, positioned on an angle on my wrist. Yeah. And and I don't know if it was you or someone else said, well, why why aren't you putting it straight? Like, because it's going to come up over the side. And and I went, um, well, that's just so because it's taking off and it's in motion and. Oh. That's that's what I need to be, or that's what I want to be, you know. So I want to enjoy things. So that's why I've had a physical transformation over the last fourteen months. Is I just want to make the most of things and be able to enjoy it. Um, still got a lot of years left to live, and yeah, how horrible would it be if I could just sit on a balcony looking at things rather than getting out amongst it, you know? So, exactly, or just thinking or wishing you could do it instead of just doing yeah. it, which I guess. Um, the the old the old version of Kerry Kerry um, Kerry 1.0 I guess we call 1.0. it for the analog Kerry um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, would would wish you know would know like the Kerry that cried over the the image that she saw and said I miss photography you know yeah. uh, how sad would it be if that Kerry just stayed in the safe space and never um, leaped off the ledge because you know. There's that moment when you make that decision to do something where there's no safety net and, you know, as your foot takes off to, to, to leap to the next ledge, there's a moment when one foot is airborne and then you've got to let go of the other foot and you've got to trust that the universe has something for you. There's something to replace what you're leaving with and it's always going to be something better you don't always need to know the answer because I don't think you would imagine 10 years ago that you'd be doing the things that you're doing now, right? 
Oh, no, no way. No. Like, you know, we're talking off air, we were talking about a, a, a four light, five light setup that you're working on. Yeah. Um, you know, and we're workshopping that, and there was a couple of issues with sunlight and sink and things like that, but we've managed to workshop it okay. But did you ever imagine that you'd be working with four or five lights at once and know no. what you were doing? No, I think knowing what I was doing is the big thing. <laughs> the big thing is like, and I, I needed to throw that in and know what you're doing, four lights and then go. Yeah. And for me to just go, blah, 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 and the large octopus camera, and you're going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. You knew what I was saying, right? You, you didn't yeah, just yeah. pretend. Yeah. So, sure. so, so obviously that's fantastic and it's like your lifestyle branding photography is fantastic and Kerry, what I love about what you're doing is not like not you're offering like value adding to your clients. So there's been a few gigs now where you've not only offered the headshots, but you've also filmed those as well. You want to tell us about that and how adding that value really sort of um, how that has worked for you as a business? Yeah. Um, well, I guess it's just um, sometimes I've like creating little gifts, or I'll 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 remember to get some footage. Yeah. Um, I remember when I had a guy, he was a drummer and he had one of those djembe drums, like African-style drums, and got some footage of that and I wanted to create the gift so that it just provides something different for them to help them stand out yeah. um, with what they're doing. And and then over time some people see that and, uh, as you know, I had that a big project this year yes. where I was – uh, working with an author of his first book, a military history book. And um, that was a really, I love the diversity of it because I was restoring images, I was taking his headshot, and then we, he wanted so to restoring create. restoring images, you were taking old, crumbly, yeah. black and white images and you were colouring them as well, right? Yep. yep, and for the more, and one of the, um, I haven't told you this, but one of the, um, photos that appears on the front of the book they've made the publishers have created a collage of three images onto the front of his book and one there's like the the flight crew of the plane and the plane in the background yeah um and anyway through the editing of that and I must have lifted shadows and somewhere under the the uh the carriage or on the um where the wheel goes, that thing there, yeah. the editor saw it and went, oh, wow, these are like he was very uh, positive and affirming of what I'd done. And then he spotted, because he had finely tuned eyes, he spotted like a serial number of that plane. Oh, my God. And so then they were able to, from that serial number, go back and trace like some of the missions, what the plane had done, and then work out that this photo had been taken on the day that it was announced that the war was finally over. Oh, and, my God, uh, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, it was just amazing. And then so what that did to the editor, how that made the um, the guy who's written the book, because it was a family connection that he'd written about, it just like um, the emotions had got stirred through wow. that whole process was amazing. And, I mean, I've looked at it and I still can't see the serial number. Yeah. but. Um, they know what they're looking for because they're specialists in yes. that. And um, it it just added something so much more beyond what you could ever expect. So yeah. um, it's just been fabulous in that way. And then we created a 90-second promotional video, which yeah. is now on the publisher's site. The book gets launched in January. Yeah. And um, that's now up 
on site and it goes live and that was a whole new ball game for me. Yeah. You know, going into a uh, video and lighting shop looking for cables yes. to extend and connect the microphone to the camera to the, you know, all those sorts of things which I hadn't done but um, it was so good to do and now I can offer that. But that was really cool that you managed yeah. to uh, pull that all, all off and, you know, um, I, I remember how how, how um, meticulous you are in your pre-shoot workshopping, yeah. like you go in beforehand and this is what I love about the way you work, that you spend so much time preparing for the shoot and making sure, is the lighting right? Is the framing right? How does this look? Is, is you know, do, 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 does it look good? And you, you just do such a great job, and it's because of that preparation. How important mm. is that to you? Oh, incredibly important, Gina, because if I uh, am if I know what I'm doing, see, I'd much rather that whole process that we have access to in the goal community of being able to workshop stuff, for me it makes so much sense to do it prior because you then, the moment hasn't passed. So you mm-hmm. you can go prepared and you know so that if unforeseen circumstances arise and the flash doesn't fire, you know what to do, you know yeah. how to get around it. Um, it then allows me, if I feel like I've got a base confidence in what I'm doing, then those extra creative moments or the things I might have experimented on can come into play when I've got what I want to get. And I can just walk into the shoot feeling more confident about that and knowing that I'll get what we want to get and, um, and then have that space to go a bit broader. So it just... And I'm I'm a bit organised, like yeah. naturally I like to be organised. So if I know what what I need, then I then I can go into it happier and and um, not stress so much. So because I mean stressing's pointless anyway. But um, it just I just feel well equipped, and then I feel like I can more confidently relate to them, connect with them, engage mm. in the process, and. And then hopefully get some, you know, and then get some some other winning aspects of it yeah. in the process. Yeah. So it's vital for me and just thinking that through, it's, it helps because then it's clear in my mind what I'm doing. And, yeah. Fantastic. Final question, Kerry. Where do you see mm-hmm. yourself in five years? Oh. Uh, I have... I haven't looked that think far. Big, but, think big, yeah. think Where do you see yourself? Um, see, I don't, yeah, I don't normally think this through because it may not. Anyway. Um, I'll tell you, I see you continuing to be more and more successful. I'd love to see you do more of the um, lifestyle. I think your lifestyle stuff is absolutely beautiful, branding lifestyle. So I see you doing more of the um, filming and branding yeah. lifestyle and definitely, definitely, and fingers crossed on this, more of the travel lifestyle stuff as well. I see you having continued success and just going from um, strength to strength. That's where I see you, Kerry. Well, I'll, I'll go along with that vision. Okay, you so happy with that? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I just... I don't see myself going backwards and I yeah, just, excellent. they're the areas that kind of light me up. Um, 
and particularly travel, that'd be just brilliant, wouldn't it? Yes, so, we're all, we're all you know, hoping. You know. So fingers crossed yeah. on that front. And um, Kerry, it's been an absolute delight chatting with you today and um, we're checking on you in a couple of years' time. And um, I just wish you continued success from here on in. And, and thanks again for chatting. Oh, thanks so much, Gina. It's been a pleasure being on and um, a privilege to be uh, interviewed. So thank you and for all that you've uh, offered to me. Thanks, Kerry. So I hope you enjoyed our chat with Kerry Setch. You can check her out at her website, Kerry, K-E-R-R-I, Setch, S-E-T-C-H, dot com. And she's also on Instagram as Kerry Setch, same spelling, of course. So uh, make sure you look at her fantastic images. We've got some of those images also in the show notes, which you'll find at GinaMilitia.com. Now, I'm going to attempt to see if Gina can answer this question, but uh, be be aware that <laughs> her voice is a bit wonky. So, Gina, what are you doing in the coming week apart from resting up and making sure you don't go on too many big nights out? Well, I just um, dragged a Christmas tree home, beautiful fresh Christmas Ooh, tree, so I'm going yes. to decorate that and it smells amazing, Val. What about you? Lovely. I don't have a Christmas tree because I don't like getting like bugs and like all don't. those pine needles and stuff yes. in, yeah. in the house. But, mm. you know, I wouldn't mind if I had somebody to clean it up. I did have, but I've lost it now and I don't know where it is. I used to have an inflatable Christmas tree. No. Just yeah, it was no, so great. No, I loved no. it. I loved it. But then I think it disappeared because the cat scratched the inflatable well, you know, poked the in, in, punctured the inflatable. Um, so, um, yeah, anyway, that's that's me. I'm not going to be having a live Christmas tree. I don't think I may bring some plants in from the outside and um, put some tinsel on them. Beautiful. I am, however, going to my, Chris, my uh, street Christmas party this weekend. So oh, nice. that's going to be nice and community-minded um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But we hope that uh, your voice is going to improve. Thank you, and, Belle. Um, so I will do the honours to say if you're interested in finding out more about Gina, go to GinaMilitia, M-I-L-I-C-I-A.com. Um, in terms of her website and it's also Gina Militia on all social media and if you want to find out how you can work one-on-one with Gina um, to get feedback on your photography and to get lots of tutorials um, and information on how to take your photography to the next level go to ginamilitia.com and click on membership. For me, you can find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.